Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. It's time to talk audio description. Now, listeners to the afternoon edition will be familiar with the voice of ITV's Vidar Harding. Uh, Vidar attends the theatre and uh, attends the audio described performances. So these could be shows, pantos, uh, could be opera, could be ballet, could be musicals, and gives his reviews on the performances. Now, audio description, for those of you who don't know, involve a blind or partially sighted visitor to the theatre wearing a headset where they'll get an audio dialogue of what's going on on the stage in between the character's dialogue itself. There's also touch tours involved where the patrons can get on stage before the performance and perhaps meet some of the cast and crew, some of the props and uh, some of the sets as well. So kind of building a bit of a picture in people's heads. So what I thought I would do is catch up with Vidar for a bit of review of 2016 to find out what some of the favourite performances he's been along to, which ones stick in his mind. And there must be plenty, Vidar, because you do attend quite a few performances each year. Very lucky indeed, (laughs) Alan. It's nice to talk to you again and uh, share some of my, I guess, highlights, really, theatrically speaking, over the past 12 months. And as I said, I am very fortunate to get to see a rich diversity of theatrical shows. So as you said, plays, musicals, ballets, operas. Uh, The list is endless, really. And, you know, planning for our chat today, it's been quite hard to narrow it down. And you think, well, actually, what should I focus on? Because there's been so many good things and so many really, you know, new discoveries, as well as some long-standing favourites. So, for example, you know, a self-confessed Les Mis groupie and a fan of Blood Mm -hmm. Brothers, to name but two long-standing, long-running musicals have featured on the list, uh, but also some new works as well, such as The Rover, which is a play I'd not come across before, which the RSC produced, uh, a play by Afra Ben, who actually apparently was the first woman to make her career or earn her living by her pen, as it were, during the 17th century. And, uh, you know, where, where to start was the big question, but I think hopefully we've honed it down and uh, we can probably uh, relive a, a few of those sort of key audio-described theatrical moments, Helen. There are more and more performances being audio-described, Vidar, so I can understand why it was a bit tricky to narrow this down. And we're always promoting and telling people, you know, go to the audio-described performances. If you're blind or partially sighted, if your theatre doesn't have any, then you know, say to them to, to look at audio description and perhaps get a, a few more people through the door as well. So um, let's start then with, with a look at some of these performances, Vidar, because there is quite a mixed bag. So if we were to take, say, a, a play, uh, I know you, you quite uh, enjoy a lot of the RSC performances. So any of those that stand out this year? Yeah, I think looking at that, there are two that stand out and they are long-standing favourite works of mine by William Shakespeare, uh, namely Hamlet and King Lear, and I've always enjoyed both plays. Probably on balance, Hamlet comes out as absolute top of the pile. This year, back in the spring, I saw an audio-described performance with Papa Esiedu uh, in the lead role, and it's a real tour de force for anyone playing the title character in this Shakespearean tragedy. And he just has so much energy, and uh, without in any way wishing to sound ageist, is the right age for what I imagine Hamlet to be in terms of the actual character in the play. And that was a, a very 
a very special performance, not least because it was slightly different, set in sub-Saharan Africa, and uh, that obviously is a far cry from uh, Elsinore and uh, Denmark, where it's originally staged in the Shakespearean version. But very energetic performance, a uh, very memorable play. A little bit like Les Mis, it's one of those things that I have been lucky enough and I've actually gone to a lot of trouble to try to see as many different productions over many years now of both Hamlet and Les Mis for different reasons. And I always find that with Hamlet, you come away thinking, I've learned something new. I've, you know, found a different phrase in everyday life that we use that came from the play. Uh, that was a different interpretation that so-and-so gave, if not the lead character, than one of the others. So uh, it lived up to all expectations, and uh, that that was that was particularly particularly impressive. And again, you know, it perhaps sounds as if I'm stating the obvious, but it's worth reminding anyone, Alan, who isn't familiar with the concept of audio description for the live performing arts, that part of the enjoyment comes through. The touch tours, when you get a chance to go on stage, have a look at the costumes, some of the props, a close-up of the set. Also meet some of the actors and the you know people taking part, either behind the scenes as stage managers or ASMs or what have you. So that is also very much part of my overall, what I call the audio description experience and the welcome at the theatre. So staff at the Royal Shakespeare Company in Stratford make you very welcome, as actually I would have to say without fail do everyone else at the theatres I'm lucky enough to go to on a regular basis in and around the Midlands. So we're flagging that up. And, uh, yeah, the uh, pre-show notes that you get a chance to digest online or in a CD format, if that's your preferred choice, they're useful in terms of scene setting. If for any reason you want to hear them again live, you can take your seat in the auditorium 15 minutes before curtain up. So all of those sort of aspects of the experience as a whole are really, really important. And, uh, yeah, um, those those extra dimensions, both in terms of Hamlet and some of the other productions, have been crucial to my enjoyment. So some historical performances there on stage, and um, particularly, as you say, from the RSC. If we were to look at, say, more contemporary productions or more modern productions, perhaps uh, plays or, or musicals even, Vidar, any of those which would stick out in 2016 for you? <sighs> Yeah, interesting this one, because I, I was thinking about some of the more sort of contemporary productions. What I might first, if you don't mind, Alan, talk about is, is, is they're, they're not new in the sense of being mm -hmm. contemporary, but they were new to me in terms of opera works by Puccini. Now, I am a huge fan, as regular listeners to, to, to your afternoon edition programs will know, to the operas by Puccini, so La Boheme, Tosca, Madame Butterfly, to name but three. Now, I came across a couple that I hadn't come across before, Sir Angelica being one of them, and there was a double bill that Opera North produced around a number of theatres, chiefly in the north of England, but also including the Nottingham Royal Theatre, where I am lucky enough to go from time to time in the East Midlands, and Vocalize provided the audio description in this case. They often do work in partnership around AD with Opera North. And so we had a double bill, both relatively short operas, a couple of hours in total with an interval between. So that gives you an idea of the time involved. But gorgeous music, uh, not dissimilar to some of the beautiful arias and harmonies that his other main well-known operas tend to you know, have within them. 
And so that, although not contemporary, was a discovery and really, really enjoyed it for that reason. And again, um, you know, getting the chance to get on stage and, and, and have the set described in more detail doesn't half help you to, you know, get the scene in your own mind to that extent. And what is also good around opera in the way that other people who are sighted can very often follow the surtitles and get an idea of what the arias are about or the lyrics are about, then the audio description tends to weave cleverly into the script, into their sort of commentary, into their description of the overtly visual dimensions of what's happening on stage. <laughs> a sort of um, a synopsis, really, of what's being sung and people therefore get a clear idea of the story and some of the characteristics of the main personalities the main characters taking part so that i think would rank for me as a if not something contemporary but certainly something new in terms of a discovery mm. okay well some some opera there so on a more musical theme now if i was to say musicals i mean i, I recently saw chitty chitty bang bang so very famous for a lot of the the uh, the, the songs there um any anything on the musical front any classics or any modern ones well, a new one again. Um, yes, there were some classics. I mentioned at the start of our chat Les Mis and Blood Brothers, which yeah. are doing the tours. Um, well, certainly Blood Brothers has been doing the tours. Les Mis I saw in the Queens in the West End in London, where it's been running for quite some years now. But one that I hadn't come across before, and I didn't really know whether it would be my thing, because it's not my era in terms of the music, is Sunny Afternoon, based on the music of the King. Good one, good one. I saw at the New Alexandra Theatre when it was part of its tour here in Birmingham. And a musical which, I suppose to some extent, a little bit like Mamma Mia, is based around the music of a particular group. In this case, it was the story of the group and uh, not a sort of fictional story which Mamma Mia is woven in and out of those famous ABBA melodies. And the um, the story of, of the kinks, how they were set up, how they were formed, you know, how, how things developed for the group during the 60s, 70s and what have you, was interesting and not surprisingly, Sunny Afternoon features as one of the tracks, which is one of their iconic numbers. So that was a new discovery and a new musical and therefore I picked it out simply because it shows you the width and the breadth of subject matter, I guess, that is increasingly on offer at theatres up and down the country. So yes, there are the tried and tested favourite ones and I've touched on Mamma Mia in this quick sort of synopsis now and that again has been on tour uh, but there's also new ones coming through all the time and that's great absolutely it's, it's and it's also if you sing the songs during the performance or you come out and you're singing them in your head as well that to me says you enjoy <laughs> yeah, it as long as it's only in my head and people don't have to listen to me that's the key thing <laughs> now I, I, one that i would really like to to pick your brains about vidar is bali because yep. bali i think really brings audio description to the fore because although the music is lovely to listen to it is overtly visual and i think audio description as well as the touch tour can really bring that to light and also what i found with bali when i've gone to performances is it's great when they actually explain some of the moves and so on beforehand mm, absolutely now, as many listeners may be aware, 2016 has marked the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare. And we touched earlier on some of the many audio-described performances of uh, the Bard's works in Stratford. 
But actually, there have been other aspects to the work of Shakespeare that have come up in other art forms. And Alan, you touch on ballet, so let me talk about The Tempest, which Birmingham Royal Ballet did uh, back in the summer at the Birmingham Hippodrome. And again, you're absolutely right. Until relatively recently, I knew nothing or next to nothing about ballet. And it's only through audio description that I've begun to understand a little bit more about the very definite art form that it actually is. Hugely skilled performances from ballerinas from BRB and other companies like Northern Ballet. And obviously, I suppose to chime with, to tie in with the anniversary year for Shakespeare, this was a new production of a new work, I think I'm right in saying, ballet-wise anyway, based around his famous play, The Tempest. And BRB are very good at providing a very comprehensive touch tour. Uh, you get on the stage, admittedly a lot earlier than most of the other touch tours, to allow the ballet dancers and others to rehearse and get ready for the actual matinee performance that tend to be audio-described matinees rather than evening shows. So that was really helpful. And again, another dimension which is worth flagging up because they go to the trouble of doing it. I touched on earlier the fact that a number of companies such as the RSC ensure that actors and members of the cast come on and have a chat to visually impaired patrons, their families, friends, carers, companions, about their roles, about the play they're in, about the production. BRB do much the same. And uh, after the touch tour and the extensive, comprehensive sort of exploration of props, etc., you get a chance to either hear from a member of the company, one of the dancers, and or perhaps the conductor of the orchestra or whatever. And uh, again, with The Tempest, and more recently, with their annual favorite Christmas or pre-Christmas show, The Nutcracker, we were lucky enough to hear from a dancer. And that doesn't half, again, make you feel, dare I use the cliche, and I'm often using it on air, but VIPs in all senses of the word. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to push you, Vida, because we're <laughs> running out of time. If there was one performance this year, no matter a play, an opera, a ballet, if there was something which in your mind said, that's my favourite show of the year, could you pick one? That is really, really tough. And I'm busking like mad as I <laughs> waffle now momentarily because it depends what I judge it by. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can judge purely on audio description. And I must pay tribute to whether it's vocalize or sight lines or other audio description providers such as Mind's Eye, etc. Many of these describers, you and your colleagues on the station, talk to on a regular basis. And they do a brilliant professional job with lots of planning. You know, their scripts are timed into, you know, not clash with lyrics or on-stage dialogue and to ensure that you can laugh when you're sighted, fellow members of the audience mm. laugh, all those sort of things. So I must pay tribute to them. So um, do I judge it on the audio description? Do I judge it on the show? I guess I'm probably... I'm going to err towards the show purely and simply... Because one of my favorite novels of all time is Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. And there was a touring production earlier in the year. I happened to catch it when it got to Nottingham, to the Royal there, Theatre Royal. And I was a little bit suspicious about how you would manage to get this epic, iconic 19th century novel into a three-hour stage production. But to my mind, they did very effectively. I wouldn't have got half as much out of it as I did had I not had audio description, 
yes, I know the story. Yes, you would have been able to follow the story, even if you didn't know it, from the on-stage dialogue. But there was so much more besides that actually, certainly I, as someone who's visually impaired, wouldn't have been able to appreciate. So I think the fact that uh, a stage dramatization of one of my favorite novels worked, in my mind anyway, it's very subjective and perhaps it didn't for others, and the fact that the audio description brought to life so much of that, if I had to be pushed, maybe I'd go for that. I managed to get you down to one. <laughs> we could have talked a lot longer if you know, because there are so many great performances out there. And I think um, very eloquently put the benefits of audio description and encouraging people to go along to these performances or ask for performances to be audio described. Absolutely. You know, and I'm based in the Midlands, which is only, you know, one small part of, of, of the United Kingdom as a whole. Uh, but the theatres such as the ones in Stratford and Nottingham and, and the ones here in Birmingham, the Rep, the Hippodrome, the Wolverhampton Grand, which are where I regularly, luckily, find myself, are only a handful of the wider number of theatres up and down the country that are increasingly doing more in terms of audio description. And it's, you know, it's really important that people feel comfortable turning up, um, getting their headsets, listening to the pre-show notes, taking advantage of the touch to making themselves, you know, relaxed and enjoying a good welcome and I think more and more venues are really trying to add that five star service to the audio described experience and I just like to think that at the end of another calendar year as we approach 2017 more and more of us who happen to have some form of visual impairment with with families and friends and others get the chance to enjoy more audio described theatre. Well, Vidar, thank you very much for joining us. You can keep up to date with all Vidar's reviews on the afternoon edition, a whole host throughout the year. Uh, but for the moment, Vidar, thanks for speaking on RNIB Connect Radio. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts. <laughs>